Hey, what's up, y'all? Dayon Dunlop here hosting another episode of Pod Slam Majama presented by Clutch City Control Room. And today we have a special guest, the head coach of the women's basketball team, Ronald Huey. He's going to recap last season, talk about some of his plans for the upcoming summer, also going into the Big 12. So let's get ready to get this interview underway. Jones across midfield. Jones just waiting for somebody. Jones inside the 20 to the 10. And for the fifth time in his career, will not be stopped. Here's Grimes in a pull-up three. Oh, Grimes. Dead-eye shooter. Blair to Patterson in the corner for three. To midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. What's up, Coach Huey? Dayon Dunlap here on Pod Slam Jamma. Welcome to me, Coach Huey. Coach, um, I guess just start with the start of the season. You guys had a strong start of the season. Kind of um, seemed like it was kind of two or three parts of the season. So let's just kind of start the way you guys started the season, kind of hips and bumps on the road. And before we get into a, how you guys finished the season so strong. Good morning, man. It's, it's joy to be you know, on the show, man, I, I really enjoy everything that you guys love about the University of Houston and how you always putting out positive uh, information. You know, the thing that, that separates us from a lot of places is, you know, people like yourself, because I know a lot of people love what we do and how we do things, but it's invested in our people, not how we do things. So I appreciate you, man. But yeah, it was a crazy season for us. You know, one that uh, I definitely wouldn't want to uh, take back because again, um, coming in with um, three newcomers and a year after COVID, and you have um, some returners you thought would be graduating, and they decide they want to come back. And so now you got fifth years, and you got a freshman, and you know, you got some transfers, and you have all the pieces to the puzzle. Um, had a really good summer of trying to get them all here and and kind of working out and doing some things and um, some late additions who got here a little later at the summer just because uh, I mean like for two with passport stuff and things like that coming from Senegal after she went home uh, that she graduated from um, Purdue and then you had to wait on Tamara Nard to graduate from summer school um, at Butler Junior College um, to be able to get here and uh, once we got everybody here we were ready to roll. Um, start off the season, like you said, you know, just a little up and down, um, trying to be a, a little consistent on that part of it. And, you know, again, credit to us, we always play a top 30 schedule in the country. So we're not just going to walk out here and where we're just going to roll the ball out and beat people and, you know, play people with uh, low net scores and things like that. We're always going to stay within the top 20, top 30 and net to number one in the country. So, again, we're always going to challenge ourselves and, you know, sometimes those challenges overcome us, you know, and we have to get better. And so, again, you know, I thought we felt good going into Cancun that we can get at least two out of three over there and, um, you know, face the Arizona State team that we, we were very familiar with and and uh, took care of them. And uh, the Fordham game was the one I wish I had back. You know, I wish we did some things different, things like that. And um, 
the Baylor game was another one. I thought we kind of ran out of legs at the end, um, but we played well in spurts and stretches and things like that. Um, but uh, for future reference, we're, we're going to do two game tournaments instead of three because of our style of play. It just wears us down trying to do that for three straight days um, on, on that, that kind of depth. If you don't have 10, 12 people that you can go to and feel like they're going to be um, fulfill those voids when you need it. But yeah, that season started now it was um, a little unforced, but we hung in there and, and did what we need to do so we can uh, stay successful. And uh, speaking of um, that tournament, I think Layla Blair really had her coming out party, especially in that Baylor game, was picked preseason in the second team, finished preseason second team. I think I'm going to let him say that's kind of lowest that she's going to finish the rest of her career, whether it's in the American or going into the Big 12. But talk about the maturation of her game from the start of the season going to the middle part of the season and then how she finished the season so strong. You know, and, and I remiss if I didn't start off with last season because the way she ended last season was the thing that really propelled her into the summer and this season. Um, you saw that determined look on her face. And, you know, when we was playing in NIT last year and how we finished the season, it carried over into the summer. You know, always the first one in the gym, always the one in here shooting the longest, you know, those kind of things. And so it carried over to the beginning of the season, stayed in the gym, those kind of things. And so, again, like you said, second team all-conference, I expect her to be first team and have an opportunity to be an All-American by the time she's done with her career um, just because she's that kind of player and she's led by, you know, the man above. So, again, at the end of the day, uh, he takes on all the challenges of whoever believes in him. And so that's where Layla sits right now. But just watching her grow and try to do everything we need to be successful, whether that was – playing the one position where she has to get more people involved and not take as many shots or play the two or the three position where we need you to make more shots and be able to get more people involved from the wings. Um, whether we ask her ball screens, whether we ask her to play in ISO situations, whether we ask her to play in transition, uh, whether, whether we ask her to uh, be a little patient in zones and flash in there and uh, try to post up and those things, she was ready to do. You know, that's the thing that I love about her as well as some others on this team. No matter what's asked of them, they're ready to do whatever's necessary to be successful to help this team win. And a couple other players who who took their game to the next level was Brittany Onyeje. Last year, I believe she shot around 28%. This year, she shot around 33 34%. But not only that, she gained, developed her game even more, not more just a spot-up shooter. I think she was the best defender I've seen all year on the perimeter from any team. Not only that, she was putting it on the floor, getting to the rim, creating plays, number one in steals. Talk about her energy and you brought to the program. You know, I thought it was the one thing that Brittany did all year was just be totally consistent. She's the person that started the most games out of anybody on our team. And that's because she was consistent. And like you said, she developed uh, more with putting the ball on the floor because people started running off the line, off the three-point line. So, again, she didn't have to have those games where she shot seven and eight and nine threes because – we know she can put it on the floor now and um, get to her pull-up and get to her mid-range game or even get all the way to the basket. The thing that I love about Brittany every day is you're going to get the tenacity and the energy each and every time on both sides of the ball. It didn't matter who we said guard, she was up for the task. It could have been a post player. It could have been the other team's best offensive player. It could have been the point guard. It didn't matter. Brittany was going to be there. And the thing that separated Brittany was mentality mentality every day you just knew what you were going to get and uh we were a little disappointed when she 
didn't win uh, defensive player of the year because, again, we thought that she was right there with playing against enough people at that point to where, you know, she's on the scout and other team scout report saying we can't allow her to get threes off. And then if she's gotten our other team's best player, um, we don't have to do some special things to get them the basketball. And I think that happened a lot. And hopefully she can nail that down this year. And this class um, that you graduate is one of the winningest class that you've had with Diamond Gladly, Julia Blackshell, Fair. And so now that they've departed, you talk about Layla's work ethic. You got Bria Patterson who's been there for a year when you said she is the rock. As far as a leader's perspective, do you expect those two to kind of step up and kind of continue to build the culture um, to what you guys are building and continue to take it to the next step? Yeah, it's a must. You know, we had our end of the year meetings and when I talked to both of them, I told them and I kind of referenced to what Coach Sampson said, you know, the point guard and the best player and the coach can't have bad practices. And I said, we had a few times where we had some bad practices because we all wasn't all locked in. I said, that can't happen. And that's because my leadership and your guys' leadership have to step it up and take it up a notch. And they both are ready for the task. And we're also going to do individual things, leadership, um, just to be able to ensure those kind of things. But stepping out on those floor, on that floor, um, whether it's practice, whether it's just going out there and going so, through some pregame practice stuff or games or whatever, the best player and your leaders and your head coach and your point guard can't have bad practices. And so that's what we talked about with that leadership with them because at the end of the day, we have to get it done. And then kind of fast forward a little bit to the middle of the season. You guys had a six-game losing streak, but the team didn't hang their head. They didn't quit. They didn't give up or anything. They came right back, got a good win against a good Tulsa team. But talk about the adversity. I see that you tweet a lot. Talk about um, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And it was a, a great coaching job by you. Although you dropped six straight, the team still finished the season so strong. I never saw any quit. The players stayed together. And in our talks before um, the home games, in which I was graceful enough to be able to do the color commentary on all your games, you said that was what you were most proud of. The players stayed together. There was no bickering, no pointing the finger. So talk yeah. about that adversity for the middle of the season. Yeah, we talk about culture wins all the time. And we knew adversity was going to come at some point. Um, and so during that, that, that losing streak, you know, we had – a couple of players out, Bria was injured, Diamond Gladden was out, um, Julia Blackshell Fair was in and out of the lineup. Um, like Tierra so missed a couple games. Some, yeah, so again, it was just all those different things that just made for a storm. And so we talked about getting through those storms. And so again, you go to Memphis and you lose that close one. Um, you lose the Tulane close one at home. Um, and, and it just started that snowball effect for players who hadn't been in that position before. And that's the thing. Experience is the best teacher. And we yeah. told them all day long, we can try to prepare you all we want to. We can say all of this going to work, all of that, these shots, these kind of things, this way we wanted that, pushing and transition, all of that. But the last four minutes of the game, you have to execute, you have to rebound, and you have to just know confidently we are going to win the game. If you have any doubt, you're going to lose. And that's what I keep telling them with to have with the starters and those six or seven or eight that play consistent all the time. They give the coaches confidence to know that you're going to win or I'm getting my best chance at winning. During that stretch, we didn't always have that mindset. 
even though they were sticking together because they had never performed in that kind of pressure before. And it's different. It's different when you get to that pressure. Now you you playing eight to 10 minutes a game and now you got to play 20 and 25 minutes a game or you got to play 18 minutes a game or I got to play because somebody fouled out. Now I got to play the last four or six minutes of a time that I'm not used to being in there. And that's what we had during that six game stretch. I mean, I can remember being at Temple and like, oh, my God, what are we doing here? You know, and it's just moments like that. I think during that game, I, I had to tell them, game, calm down, stay together. You know, tough times never last. Tough people do. Stay tough. Stay connected. Those kind of things. But all of them wanted to win the game and break the streak. And, you know, we were just crazy shots and doing all this kind of stuff. And we end up losing the game. And so that time created a lot of culture within us. And a lot of people like say created stuff because again, we didn't fall apart. We didn't point the finger. We didn't fight each other. You know, we didn't do any of that stuff. We came back, we put our hard hats on again. We got back to work and we wanted to make sure we do what we need to do to win games without any sacrifice of losing any player or, you know, kicking somebody off the team and all that kind of stuff. So again, um, that was a really, really tough time, and we got through it. And, you know, once we started to win, then they started to see those things that we were doing that wasn't characteristic of our team that we need to take care of. And it was easy to make some of those now because they had been through some of those pressure moments. They've grown up and they had those experiences. Then we got back and watched it. Then we got back and, and did some scenarios of special situations and things like that in practice, and those things kind of helped them. So now – they're better fit to handle that adversity. But that was a that was an adverse time for us. We got Coach Huey, head coach of the women's basketball team with us. We're gonna take a quick intermission and be right back for the second episode. Not the second episode, the, the second segment, continuing our talk and talking how they finished the season so strong. Don't go anywhere. All right, after that adversity like you guys faced, you guys went on to win five of your next eight games to lead into the NIT tournament. But let's talk about how you guys finished the season so strong in the conference and then played really well in the conference. And a player who I want to talk about who was in that winning class, who I think is going to exercise her extra year is Tatiana Hill. She was consistent all year with her energy and rebounding at times. Foul trouble kind of played her and um, some finals. But talk about what she brings in just to the team. You know, uh, that Tatiana Hill is is one that you want to choke one minute and then next thing you know, hug the next minute, you know. <laughs> and I just say choking like, ah, not physically, you know, because we're not going to put our hands on them. But she just, she's just all over the place and she helps you in so many ways. And then she hurts you at moments that you're like, oh, my goodness. But then she turn back around and do something that's spectacular or get a great rebound or something like that. And so – um you know, I just can't can't even begin to start talking about how important she is to us. You know, she's a player like right now sitting in her meeting. She was like, Coach Huey, I know the system. I know it inside and out. I know what you're asking for me. I know what you're asking for our teammates. I need to step up and help and lead more. And I say, you're absolutely right. Because, again, you're invested. Mm-hmm. I say the things happen for Coach Sampson over there because Fabian White don't let a lot of stuff go on. Yeah. And that's the thing that you need to be able to understand understand and how you need to present your team and be able to take care of stuff because that's the way things should happen and so she's starting to understand that now 
you know, but I can't, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's just like the SMU game up at SMU. I mean, tremendous game for her, just filled up the stat sheet with six blocks, I think eight to 10 points, eight to 10, 11 rebounds. Uh, I can't remember how many plays that we uh, didn't rotate right, that she was just out of spot uh, or ran and covered a guard on a drive or contested a three that wasn't even her responsibility or she was so great on all the ball screen calls and when people didn't um do what they're supposed to do on the call she was right there being a coach on the floor making sure it did happen i mean it's just moments like that it's moments like at the end of the season where she's coming up big with those huge rebounds and and doing those things and so now we're talking to her about taking it to the next level you're athletic enough to be able to do that. You just have to have your dreams and aspirations to want to lead you that way. You have to figure it out because she's still trying to, I don't know if I want to continue to play after this. I just know I want to play my great senior season and, you know, those kind of things. So, again, because once you figure that part out, now the work will start to go a little higher for you. And um, But, yeah, coming down the stretch and winning those games, the team just decided that enough was enough. You know, because it's like my grandmother always said, when you get pissed off, things will change. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. You know, and, and again, they got pissed off and things changed. And so that's why we were able to go down and, and, and kind of win those games. And then you start talking about, you know, we get to the tournament. It, it was Tierra Young who, mm-hmm. you know, made up her mind then towards the end of the season and, and going into the tournament it was like, I know y'all saw some inconsistency for me all year and I'm battling some injury stuff that we didn't talk about a lot with her foot and her knee and things like that. But you saw when she got healthy, it, it, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a deal to, to work with. I mean, yeah, she's somebody to, to deal with her on a day and nightly night basis. She, she's going to be incredible. She's going to be incredible. That's exactly where I wanted to go next was Tierra Young and some of the newcomers. But let's just start with Tierra because she showed flashes and spurts throughout the season to where I said on air that her and Layla can be the best two guards in this conference. And when they're both on specifically um, Tierra, oh man, she's tough to guard. Her mid range, her intermediate exactly. game is just spectacular. Really tough when to guard. Made- when she makes that three, she's almost impossible to guard because she can get downhill and her mid-range is so impossible. But talk about her adjustment into the system and then the injuries and then getting fully healthy and really seeing her blossom. Yeah, you know, the adjustment was was uh, something that she struggled with early. Um, she saw the things she needed to do, but doing it at the effort that uh, we as the coaches and our teammates was something that she struggled with early because – you know, she come from she came from a system where it was a matchup zone. You know, it wasn't ninety four feet pick up full court. Um, we're not switching. We're guarding our man, so you got to fight through this, fight through that, those kind of things. And then that's on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, you know, she wasn't used to much freedom to be able to go and all those kind of things. And so again, now you're talking about building that trust. And so I. I remember her coming to me and like, Coach, you would trust me. I, I promise you I'll deliver it for you. You know, and she and I started to build that relationship because, again, I told her, I want you to go out there and, and be able to play, but I can't play you if you're going to be timid and shy. Mm-hmm. When you got the opportunity to take everybody to the basket and do those things, I don't need for you to pull up and settle every time, you know. And some, sometimes she did that, and sometimes our communication wasn't the same, and sometimes I need to be able to say that to her.
And so I thought coming down the stretch, we got on the on the same page and you saw the best out of Tierra Young. Because again, at the end of the day, like you say, an unstoppable guard who's going to be first team all selection. Yeah, and right. I don't expect to be no less than first team um, close to American, uh, uh, all American by the time she leave here. Right. And, and so with Tierra, her and Layla, how do you feel they complement each other? Well, especially just from your point of perspective, for me watching, I may see something totally different from what you see, but it seems like their strengths are opposite one another. Tierra is a terrific intermediate mid-range and driver. Layla's a terrific three-point shooter. Her intermediate game could get better. She's great at it, but I think it could even go to the next level. So for me watching, I feel like if they work with each other, it like kind of challenging iron, shoppers iron, they will only get better from, but what are you seeing from them, how they complement each other on the floor? You know, I, they, and you know, you said it right because they ride for each other like crazy. They're each other's biggest cheerleaders. So that's why it was vital for us to have a point guard in there and try to get those two on yeah. each wing to be able to go. And, and that's the thing for offseason right now that we're working on. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Cause I looked at Layla Moore, a three into the rim. And Tierra being, you know, that pull up into the rim. And so yeah. now I'm trying to get Tierra to expand her three and Layla to try to expand her mid-range a little bit more. Yeah. And then now you're looking at you got a really, really dual threat on both ends, on both both wings. So um, and, and that's the thing, because, again, they love being on the floor with each other, play well with each other. Uh, we just got to get somebody to distribute the ball like we need to up top to be able to let those two go and play without either one of them have to take on point guard responsibilities and those kind of things. What about Bria? What's the what's the next maceration for her game? Because she's one of those positionless players who could bring the ball up the court, can also do some playmaking. What are you what What are you looking for for her to tell her take her game to the next level? I told Bria she has to do what Mia Davis did this past year. She has to average a double double. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, again, she has to because, again, she's played all the minutes since a freshman. She has to stay healthy through a whole season because she's missed a game here, game there, ankle dust, knee that, that kind of stuff. Nothing that requires surgery, just love nagging things like that. So we got to be able to uh, get her a little bit more and things like that. But she has to have a double double because anytime that you can shoot the three, you got a decent mid range game and can get to the rim. We got to get a little bit more posting up in her game. A Mm -hmm. a bit more uh, pushing the ball from him and wanting to be able to create something to the rim instead of just passing it and starting uh, the offense and things like that. But she has to be the monster. She has to be the monster for us because she's going to do that defensively on the ball or whoever we ask her to guard, whether that's a five to a one. But offensively, she has to understand that she has a role to fill. It's Manunga and rebounding and it's Davis on getting those double-doubles every time. And there was no drop-off when she went to the floor with Cam Jones. I mean, I feel like she really came into her own in the second part of the season. Offensively, just her confidence and not hesitating on her shot and started to fall defensively. She, Oh, she's gonna really going to be great. But what are you seeing from her coming um, taking coming into her? Well, I don't know if she was a COVID freshman, so is it going to be a COVID sophomore next season? You know, I, you know how that goes, kind of um, yeah. eligibility is going on now. But what, what what's her talk like with her coming into this next year? Exactly. I thought the most improved player on our team. Um, and definitely got all the fight. You know, I can tell you so many stories of how Cam would jump on the floor and I would put her off, you know, just because I wasn't ready to see her yet or she wasn't, 
familiar with the drill we were doing and whatever, but she's a fighter. Most improved player on our team. We had so many different people and teammates and myself to share stories of Cam fighting and how she it just grew into the player she is now. But the sky's the limit for her. Because, again, we talked about even with workouts starting today, how we're going to take you to the next level. You know, you had your uh, mid-range high post shots you can make, short corner shots you can make. You was inconsistent at putting it on the floor, getting to the rim, inconsistent around the rim a little bit. We got to let you start to take it off the rim and push it in the end. So you got to work on that ball handling. So she's going to have a great spring and summer that's going to decide more playing time for her in the, in the fall. And um, this summer is going to be huge for her. But Cam is, uh, like I said, our most improved player and really excited where she are and where she's taking her game. And let's just continue with the development for players. From Taylor Purvis, Asia Thompson, showed, she showed some promise. Um, Kendra Brown got sparing minutes. But what about those three players who, um, with the players you have departing, is going to, I'm assuming, going to have, get some more playing time and be expected and counted on even more? And, and you said it right there because we talked about, uh, with those three that you just mentioned, uh, AJ, um, Kendall, and Taylor, the thing that you had this year, you don't want to have that feeling again. So you want to do everything you can to get on the floor. So, again, you need to bring bring that sense of urgency to work out, shoot around, weights, whatever it is, and make sure that you're taking care of your business all the time. Um, I really feel good that each one of them will have an impact into our season next year. Um, really looking forward to that because the mindset that they brought to the meetings when we had end of the year, they were asking questions and they wanted to know why this and why that. And so, again, once we got to the same level of answering those questions and they accepted what I had to say, even though it wasn't always easy, that's when I knew they were ready to make the next step. And um, looking forward to it because, again, they could be very impactful because they wouldn't be here if they weren't highly recruited. And for you, Coach, I mean, I got to congratulate you. You had 100-plus wins, um, second consecutive winning record at UH, uh, the longest postseason run in the Sweet 16 in NIT tournament. So whether it be in the American again for a season, I know kind of, um, negotiations still going on, or if it's into the Big 12, what do you feel like or how confident are you that, that your bunch is really, really ready to take that next step and, like you guys say, unfinished business and get to that ultimate goal and not winning conference and then eventually get into the big dance? You know, the thing for us is, and, and I'm telling the girls, you know, the big dance is a must for us. But, again, at the end of the day, every team is different. You know, yeah. two years ago I thought we would have, you know, we were last four out and I thought that was the team that could make the tournament and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But with all the stuff they had going on with COVID and – conference championships and teams not playing and all that, it kind of like bumped us out. And so I thought this year team was going to be able to do that as well. But again, you saw we got, had a good run in the conference tournament to be able to get close to that championship game. Um, and I semifinals game and then the sweet 16 run in the WNIT. So we're well uh, capable of, of getting to that tournament. We just have to not have this during the middle of the year that cost us, you know, because if you go three and three in that sixth stretch, now you got an opportunity to contend for, you know, conference championship or getting into your NCAA tournament, you know, and so those kind of things that, you know, those just team has to be able to understand. And that work starts now. Um, Cause I definitely know that we're a team that's capable of doing that. 
And that has to happen now. Because again, like I told him, once you get a feel of what that NCAA tournament is like, you won't ever want to go back. Mm -hmm. So before I took the job at the University of Houston, I went seven or eight straight years. I'm not sure. And so now I've been out seven or eight years and, and, and it's just an overall complete difference. And it's what we have to get back to. It's the thing that we're talking about every single day. So that's how we're measuring our workouts, whether we had a, a workout that didn't require us to make any postseason or we had a WNIT workout or we had an NCAA workout. So that's how we're measuring it by our work, our uh, leadership, our culture, our effort, uh, just grinding it out, doing what we need to do on the court to be able to get there. And that's how we're measuring it when we come in and everybody has to give an opinion of how the workout went. You know, so we're not just throwing it out there. Yeah, it was an NCAA. Why was it an NCAA? Right. Everybody went hard. Everybody did what they need to do. Everybody crashed the boards. Everybody, you know, tried to get all their shots. We shot the ball. Everybody had a really great attitude, those kind of things. So, again, now – you're measuring that with each and every day that you have an individual workout and it has to uh, progress through the entire team. Because again, Layla and Bria and, you know, Tatiana can have a good workout. And then, you know, these next group don't have a good workout. Cause again, if they have a WNIT workout. We have an NCAA workout. We're still not on the same page. So that's what we're trying to do right now to make sure everybody understands that without everything matter things. Every single thing matters. When you walk in the floor, when you walk into our facility, head up, chin up, chest up, confident, ready to go, eyes focused, and um, ready to take care of business. Coach Samson talks a lot about having the support from the administrative side and having all, all the things that he needs. Uh, do you feel like you guys have that same support from the administrative side to, to do all that you need to, to invest and get to that point? Oh, yes, we sure do. You know, and that's the thing about it. Um, a lot of coaches have called me with all this coaching changes stuff going on and, you know, and um, always asked me about our administration. I told them, I said, one of the best in the country. I said, especially when you have your SWA and your AD who play at the university that they're coaching at, that you're coaching at. I say, so they get it. You know, it's nothing for Ms. Chaza to be on a trip with us to come over and watch practice and understand what we're trying to do. It's nothing for a Pesman to be able to poke his head in or have me come over, give me a big hug, and, man, you're doing it, keep doing it. You know, those kind of things. You're so close. Um, and that's the thing that I love about it because, again, when Kelvin says those things, he's speaking for a lot of us here at the University of Houston. Um, we're just happy to have his voice because, again, at the end of the day, it screams so loud because of what they're doing over there. And, again, it echoes through the rest of us. How, how, as a coach, how good is it for you to have someone with his stature and his experience and his knowledge kind of right next door? I'm sure throughout the season you guys probably don't speak as much, but maybe in the offseason, hey, coach, you get any kind of advice from him? I'm sure the players, I hear, I see the support online from the men and the women's. What's that relationship just from coaches and as far as the team? You know, it's a tremendous relationship across the board from both programs. What Coach Sampson gives me every day is a coach's clinic every single day. You know, I can walk into his office. He'll come over here, give me five or ten minutes to be able to do that. If you're on a recruiting call, uh, whatever it is. But he's always supportive and he's always there for us if I need him. You know, um, the one thing 
that he recently did. He allowed some of our girls just to watch some of their practice and um, just to see how intense it was. And the girls were just talking about it. Because they, they thought ours was really intense and all that. And once they got in there, they were like, it's so the air is so thick, you can cut it with a knife. You know, I was like, yeah. You know, and, and y'all think I'm super hard. The coach, you would be too hard. But you have to understand the nature of the beast. You know, and so Coach Sampson allowed that. Um, uh, we were talking about zone offenses and stuff like that. He went and went through some stuff with me. Um, at any time, it, it's always very supportive. And I can pick up the phone with him and talk about having the kind of player stuff and the kind of parent stuff. He's always there. And that's the thing I love about him. You know, because, again, he's Kelvin the damn Sampson, you know, yeah. the Hall of Famer. And he, yeah. he cannot pick up the phone. He cannot take care and do these things if he don't want to, but he still does it. You know, it's like he told me, his his first job was sixth grade girls. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll never forget that, you know. And he's like, man, yeah, I commend you. I was like, me too, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of recruiting, I mean – I see online, is it a balance between recruiting high school and recruiting the portal now? And um, as far as what are you guys expecting to have coming in? Kind of a two-part question. Yeah, it's not a balance. You know, the high school kids are kind of getting left behind a little bit with so much jumping in the portal. Um, Just because with a high school kid, if if they're not really invested in understanding your system and how – how, how much work it takes to be able to come in and play and do those things. Um, it's going to take them a minute to get there. Um, but a transfer, because they already had some college experience, you don't have to start from, you know, A, B, C. That's why, you know, they're a, a little bit more uh, being recruited now than the high school kid. Uh, but yeah, we are, you know, looking for a couple of positions right now. Obviously, we graduated a point guard, so we're trying to bring in one. Um, graduated a post player for two, so we're trying to bring in one, you know, those kind of things. But we pretty much got everybody coming back. You know, when you talk about Layla, Tiara, Brittany, Bria, Cam, Tatiana, you know, all those, that's about 80, 85% of our scoring and rebounding, you know, it's – so, again, we're just looking to have some pieces that come in and help us get over the top because, again, like you said, back-to-back 18-win seasons and, you know, first four out and made it to the back-to-back semifinal championship games and, you know, it's, it's, it's there. We're so close that we need to get over the hump and we're looking for a few more recruits to be able to do that. Speaking of development, we always talk about player development, but let's talk about your development and coaches. I mean, you have all your coaches played – at, at the college level, even Coach Ty played at the professional level. From you got Coach Diller, Coach Barry, and Coach Parker, along with yourself. So I guess let's start with you. What um, way did you you've got better, or what did you learn from last season that you want to continue just to take um, your coaching experience, the coaching level, to um, another notch, up another notch? You know, the thing that helped me last year was trust. You know, my assistants, my players everything because again there were times especially like myself when you come from where i come from um you you think you can do it all yourself you know so i'm up three or four hours a night you know just trying to be able to get it all in and then the the staff get together and they have things worked out and and you learn to trust more um i think that was one of the things that one of the biggest things that i learned the other thing was 
and no matter what you think the player relationship is, you always have to be able to have that first. Um, I recruited every single player on this team, um, just like I have all the other teams that, that got all before here. But again, at the end of the day, you still have to continue to work on that trust and that relationship and be able to do that each and every time. Um, that's the other thing as well. But again, I think trust was the biggest thing that we learned as overall as a staff this year too, because again, like you said, you know, when we got through those moments, it was the trusting in ourselves, trusting in our God, trusting in each other, trusting our administration that we can be able to get things back on track. And we did. Um, the other thing I've learned is, you know, have a little bit more patience. Um, Again, Coach Sampson always tell me all the time, it's not going to happen overnight for you. You're going to have to grind through some things. You know, my grandmother used to say, you always got to go through some stuff to get to some stuff. Yeah. You know, so again, it, you, you have to understand that those things don't happen to you. Gino didn't win, you know, walking in the door. Pat didn't win walking in the door. Uh, Coach K didn't win walking in the door. You know, so it takes some time to be able to get there. And, and some programs are, are, are less fortunate to – be at a good place when you walk in than others, you know, those kind of things like that. So, you know, I think having a tremendous staff, when you talk about Ty Dillard that played, you know, professionally with the stars when they were in San Antonio and uh, well rehearsed and everything in Texas from Texas, that kind of stuff. And then you got Lissandra Barrett who been drafted in the league, excuse me, from Mississippi played at LSU, you know, everybody can identify with those kind of players those kind of coaches and then uh Deneen, same thing you know play that Stephen F. Austin under Gary Blair um but again they were all great people and it's the one thing that the administration here when I got the job and people like Gino told me said you're gonna find good coaches your job is to find good people and they turn out to be really good coaches then you got a double for your price but get a good person and that's what we've done here um, and that's the thing I'm most proud of. Since the announcement of going into the Big 12, has that opened up more doors as far as recruiting-wise to get you inside more doors as far as players like, okay, knowing that you're going to a big conference, being willingness to – because so much talent in Houston and even all over, they probably didn't want to come and talk to Houston because they were in, quote-unquote, um, the power of the American, which is a really good conference. But how was that being now that you guys announced that you will be joining the Big 12? Yeah, it has definitely kicked in some doors for us. You know, um, I was reaching for, for my phone now because I got three or four kids who just went in the portal. Um, that's already texting me now. Uh, one just went in from Texas. Another one just went in from Cal. And uh, I already got text messages for both of them. So, again, those kind of things wouldn't normally have happened if right. we didn't have the Big 12 thing connected to us right now. Um, just but a little bit harder um, when we have the American. And the American is really, really good everybody knows that you know like when you stack us up against everybody in the country right now um it's a reason they say power six because right. again we hold our own with all of them but you know that big 12 is just that logo of you know all those players uh have a wow and know it and they know what it stands for and it just bring a little bit more respectability to your program and um like i said i'm already getting calls and things like that but yeah it, it is it is something else and, and so um, before we wrap up, I mean, I know you talked about what well, we had um, talked offline about not accepting being good because everyone is good at this level. 
I know, and you also just mentioned that player-led teams lead to great leading teams. So throughout yes. this offseason, I guess the message, what what's the message from not accepting being good, but having that want and that will to be great, to help you guys to reach everything that we've talked about here on this episode? No, you just said it, because that's the thing we're talking about right now. You know, iron sharpens iron. Got to be player-led. You know, you got to be player-led. It's time. At some point every season, the head coach should hand his team over to the team. And the team should understand, you know, this is what needs to be done in practice. This is what needs to be done before practice. This is what we're supposed to be in film. This is what, you know, all those things, because you've been through that so many times, so many times. So, again, at the end of the day, that should be able to fall in place, and those players should be able to follow exactly how things are outlined and be able to get things done. But player-led teams are the team that's always the best. They always go further, those kind of things. And that's our whole for, our whole focus is to create them to be and push them to be better leaders um, with themselves and then they'll carry over to everybody else. Well, Coach, we definitely um, appreciate you for taking time out your day to join the show. Love everything that you're doing and, and building there. You know, I'm definitely a fan, especially as a Houston alumni. I've been a part of the program, watching it since 2016. So I've seen not only the development of players from Sorinthia Hawkins to, yes. to the Angela Harris's to the Dorian Branches and to now the Layla Blairs, the Brio Pattersons, and the, the list goes on and on. So you have a fan in me. Definitely appreciate you for taking time to join the show. I guess the last message to Cook fans before um, we get out of here as far as your, your message for Cook fans. You know, you know, stick with us. You know, that's the thing. Because, again, we're on one building today. You know, we saw what Dana did after, you know, everybody thought his first yeah. two years he wasn't going to be able to get it done. And, and then he got his players in here and things fell into place and, and Dana's, you know, flying high. So what Kelvin is done. So what track is done. You know, again, and – you know, it's, it's going to happen for us. And then we're going to look at these moments and be like, man, and put a big smile on our face. I remember when, because again, at the end of the day, these young ladies are working their tails off to be able to get there. This is a great place. A lot of people respect it and understand who we are and what we're doing. And um, we'll continue to grow like crazy. So stick with us and you will see. We're not, we're not just trying to have you just come and sit and watch a boring basketball game. Now nah, we want you to be able to go out with that pride and enthusiasm with that Houston on your chest. And when you talk about women's basketball or baseball or track or football, that pride that flows through your veins, we want you to be able to exude that. And there's a start with women's basketball too. Again, that's Ronald Chewy, the head coach of the women's basketball team at the University of Houston. Thanks for your time, coach. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And go Cougs. <laughs>